following message is from the North Shore Christian Center MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Center is available at www.nscc.org.au. Would you open up your Bibles today to Psalm 107, verse 20? We, over the last few weeks, have been doing a series called Creating an Atmosphere for Miracles. I really believe that we can create atmospheres. How many of you know? I mean, the world calls it a vibe, but I call it an atmosphere. We can create an atmosphere of love or we can create an atmosphere of tension. How many have ever been, you've ever walked into a room and you could feel the atmosphere of tension in the room? How many of you have been there? How many of you walked in the room and you can feel the love? I hope today you can feel the love. Because we, we, we're trying in this church to create an atmosphere of faith, an atmosphere for miracles, an atmosphere of acceptance, an atmosphere of unity. And so what we looked at, we looked at a text that was taken from Mark chapter 6, where Jesus could do no miracles in his hometown because, number one, they did not honor him, and number two, they did not believe that he was the Messiah. They just saw him as the carpenter of Nazareth rather than the Messiah of the world. And so we deduce from this that, that the first ingredient to create an atmosphere of miracles is to honor Jesus, to honor God. That creates an atmosphere for miracles. Then we also deduce that the second ingredient for an atmosphere of miracles is to have faith, is to believe that God is able to do miracles. And then last week we talked about unity being another ingredient to create an atmosphere for miracles where two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst. Unity is a powerful ingredient to create an atmosphere for, you, for, for miracles. Well, this morning we're going to look at the fourth ingredient. And uh, the fourth ingredient to create an atmosphere for miracles is God's Word. Everybody say God's Word. Psalm 107 verse 20 says this, He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Now the context of this psalm is in regards to the children of Israel and how God sent His Word and kept them 40 years through the wilderness from sickness and all sorts of calamities, he protected them. He sent his word and healed them. Then there's another text that I want to bring your attention to. It's found in John chapter 1, verse 14. And John chapter 1, verse 14, you can see on your screens, says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The Word became flesh. Now what's interesting when you combine these two scriptures together in Psalm 107, He sent His Word and healed them. And then in John chapter 1 verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Who is this scripture talking about? Jesus. Jesus, the Word of God. John chapter 1 verse 1 starts, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And what we find is this, that God sent His Word and healed us, and Jesus became the Word, dwelt among us, and what 
was one of the defining factors of the ministry of Jesus. Who can tell me? Healing. Wherever Jesus went, he healed the sick. That was the hallmark of the ministry of Jesus. So this morning, I want to focus on, first of all, his word. His word. And what does his word say about healing and miracles? Well, Exodus chapter 15, verse 26 talks about one of the covenant names of God. And in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, it states, For I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord, that last line, for I am the Lord that heals you. Now, what's interesting is that when you read this scripture in the original text, of the, in the language of Hebrew, then the text says, I am Yahweh Rophe. I am Yahweh Rophe. So the Lord God reveals one of his names, one of his covenant names. And one of his covenant names is, I am the Lord who heals you. Now, why is that important to us? Because that is one of the covenant names of God. And God is not a man that he should lie or a God that should break his covenant with us. And so if one of his names is, I am the Lord who heals you, he's not changed his name. He still is the God who heals us. And it's important for us to know that this is his word. There's another scripture I want to bring your attention to. is Isaiah 53, verses 4 to 5. It says this, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Now this is a prophetic word concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. And this prophetic word concerning the Lord Jesus Christ makes it emphatic that he bore our griefs, he bore our sorrows, he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. I don't know how many times we've read this scripture, but you know what? It's the word of God, and the word of God cannot fail. Heaven and earth may pass away, but not one word from his mouth will fall short. Every single word will come to pass. Then in Matthew chapter 8, verse 17, what we find is that Matthew himself is quoting this scripture from Isaiah 53. He begins to quote it in regards to the ministry of Jesus. And he says of Jesus, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And so what Matthew is doing, he's going to the prophetic book of Isaiah and there he's grabbing hold of this prophetic scripture that Isaiah prophesied, Isaiah 53, and he is bringing it right into the ministry of Jesus and is pointing to Jesus and saying, he is the one that Isaiah was prophesying about. He is the one who took our infirmities. He is the one who took our sicknesses. Folks, this is not my word. This is his word. Everybody say his word. His word. And then again in 1 Peter chapter 2, 24, Peter again does the same thing. He goes to the book of Isaiah 53 and he grabs hold of that scripture. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, he says, by whose stripes... 
you were healed. Now what Peter does, he actually changes one word from Isaiah. Because Isaiah prophesies, by his stripes, you are healed. But Peter turns it around and he actually says, by his stripes, you were healed. He said, well, why did he do that? Because Isaiah was talking about the coming of Jesus and the word coming. Now Peter is going back and he's looking at the finished work and he's looking at where your healing was paid for. And this is so important for you to understand that by his stripes you were healed. Every You say, well, what, what, what is by his stripes? What is that referring to? You know what's interesting for those of us that have been around for so long? We don't even ask that question anymore. But I, I can imagine you people saying, what's that talking about? What's that talking about was that when Jesus, before he was crucified, they actually whipped him. And when they whipped Jesus, stripes were created all over the body of Jesus. The stripes from the cat of nine tails, the stripes from that Roman whip that actually broke his flesh and ripped his flesh and created ribbons of blood right across his body. I don't know how many of you have seen The Passion, that movie, The Passion, but that is probably one of the most graphic depictions of what actually took place before the crucifixion where Jesus' body became a body that was covered in ribbons of blood, stripes. And Peter is referring to this. And Isaiah had no idea what he was prophesying. He could not even envision it, but he was still prophesying that Jesus would receive stripes. The coming Messiah would receive stripes. And Peter is prophesying those stripes that Jesus took upon his body. By those stripes, you were healed. The price was paid. I, um, I love riding motorbikes, and I've got a motorbike that I love riding. And I'm one of these people that loves chrome on a motorbike. And I just, uh, I just like putting more and more chrome on my motorbike. And so there's, there's, there's a web page that I go to. It's called cruiser.com, and I can order from the States, bits and pieces for my motorbike, chrome bits and pieces. And so I've, I've ordered this, this cover for my, for, my, uh, for my motorbike that's got an eagle on it. And um, it's a really cool eagle. And, um, and I paid for it with my um, American Express. And, uh, and I've gone to the bank, and the money has already come out from my American Express card for this chrome part. But I still don't have it. It still hasn't come. I'm still waiting for it. Now, I've got no doubt whatsoever that it will come to my home. Why? Because I've paid for it. You say, but, but, but John, sometimes you don't get what you've paid for. Yep, but this company is always delivered. This company is always delivered. I'm just having to be patient to wait for what I've paid for. See, let me just say something. 
The price for your healing was paid upon the cross. By his stripes, you were healed. It's already out of the American Express card. It's already been paid. It's already come out of the bank. Just because you haven't received it yet doesn't mean it's not coming. Uh, just because you haven't got it in your hands right now doesn't mean that it's not coming. But let me tell you, every day I go to my motorbike and I see that part right there. I see that eagle where it needs to be. I see it. It's just, it's, and I polish all around it to make sure it's ready for my eagle when it comes. Because I've got this faith that it's been paid for and it's on its way. And folks, that's the way you need to be. Don't listen to the people on the front row saying, it ain't coming, you've lost your dough. Don't listen to them because there'll always be people telling you, and I'm not pointing to anybody specifically, am I? <laughs> uh, don't listen. You only just found out, so how can you have no faith? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You give as much as it takes, okay? Folks, un listen to me. So often what happens is this, is that we lose faith because it doesn't happen as quickly as we want it to happen. But the Bible tells us that it's been paid for. By his stripes, you were healed. That's what it says. And the New Testament apostles used this prophecy in Isaiah and the nature of Jesus to lay a foundation for all of their doctrine on healing. They believed in healing. And they would take it from Isaiah, from the ministry of Jesus, and the apostles were able to lay hands on the sick. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us that at one stage, even Peter's shadow when it passed by people, they got healed. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? And then I, I love the scripture in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, saying Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was the God of miracles yesterday. He is the God of miracles today. And he will be the God of miracles forever. You know what we have difficulty with? We believe that he was the God of miracles yesterday. We believe that he's the God of miracles forever. But sometimes we struggle with him being the God of miracles today. Today. Oh, we've got no problems with yesterday. We've got no problems about forever. But what about today? My Bible tells me that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And let me tell you that if you get the presence of Jesus into your situation today, the same Jesus that healed yesterday is able to heal today. He's able to do something powerful in your life today. That's his word. What is that? His word. Second part of this message I want to focus on is your word. Let's talk about your word. I love talking about his word, but now let's talk about your word. Because Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 tells us, For the word of God is living and powerful. What is the Word of God? Living and powerful. Let me just say it one more time. The Word of God is living and powerful. You know, we get so caught up with the rest of the Scripture 
that we sometimes don't stop on those first two descriptors of the Word of God. It is living and powerful. What are you saying, John? I'm saying that the Word of God that is living and powerful needs to become your Word. Psalm 19 verse 14 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. The question that I have for you, are the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart God's word or man's word? Is it what you're hearing from God or is it what you're hearing from others? Is it what you're hearing from the scriptures or is it what you're hearing from your own disappointment? Because let me tell you, there will always be situations in this world that will create disappointment. How many of you were disappointed on Friday? You said, what happened on Friday? Well, if you've got superannuation or if you've got stocks, you would know what happened on Friday. You lost a lot of money on Friday. But you can either become incredibly disappointed and speak death into your situation or begin to say, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How many of you said that on Friday? Come on, be honest. How many of you, how many of you got up on Friday and said, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Because let me tell you sometimes, we are more focused on the fact that the Lord's taken away than the Lord's given. Because let me tell you, if He's given to you in the past, He's going to give to you in the future. So what are you going through right now? A temporary setback. That's all you're going through right now. That's not where you are going to stay. Where you are is not your destiny for eternity. God's going to turn it around. But you've got to start speaking those words. Because if you start speaking words of death and destruction, that's what you draw into your life. When your word lines up with God's word, you have something that is living and powerful. I love what Reinhard Bonnke says. Reinhard Bonnke, one of my favorite preachers in the world, says this. God's word in your mouth is as powerful as God's word in his mouth. He said, oh, oh, that's sacrilege. No, no, no. What that's referring to is that the word of God is living and powerful. And the word of God is living and powerful in God's mouth. The word of God is living and powerful in your mouth. So what's in your mouth? What are you speaking? What are you articulating? What are you confessing? One of the greatest things that we can do is to align our speaking with the Word of God so that His Word becomes your Word. And your Word becomes His Word. I love the story of a lady called Dodie Osteen. Dodie Osteen is the mother of Joel Osteen. And Dodie Osteen, 25 years ago, 25, so this is not just a recent story, this is 25 years ago, was dying of cancer. Matter of fact, the doctors had said, you are dying and there's absolutely nothing we can do about it. And she was on a deathbed. And so Dodie Osteen started to get the scriptures and the doctors had already given her pills 
But she decided, I don't need the doctor's pills, I need the gospel. And so she started to take gospels every single day. And so I, I downloaded from the internet the 40 gospels that Dodie took every single day. And she started confessing the Word of God. She started reading the Word of God. I haven't got time to go through the whole 40 of them, but I start with this. So she, she went to Proverbs chapter 40, verse 20, and she, which says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. And she started confessing, The word of God will save my life. The word of God will save my life. Why? Because she found a scripture that said that the word is going to be health to all the flesh. Then she went to Joshua chapter 21, verse 45, that says, Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord has spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. And she started to confess, God's word will not fail. God's word will not fail. Then she went to Philippians 2.13, which says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. And she started to confess, God's will is healing and it's working in me. God's will is healing and it's, and it's working in me. Then she went to 2 Corinthians 1.20 that says, For the promises of God are in him, yes, and in him, amen, in the glory of God through us. And she began to say, God is for me. God is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? And, and uh, there are the 40 promises. You know what we could do, Shane? We could put it on our website and uh, get people. How many of you would like to download this and begin to confess it? Because I, I want to say to you that it is so easy to have a negative confession. Now, let me just do a parenthesis here right now. A parenthesis. I've been a pastor for over 30 years. And I speak to you as a pastor. And over 30 years of ministry, I have found some people get healed. I've also found some people haven't been healed. I've found some people have lived. And I've found that some people have died. And I've had to do funerals of people in our church that have died. And so what do you do in a situation like that? Well, this is what we do. We grieve with those that are grieving. We mourn with those that are mourning. We dance with those that are dancing, but we mourn with those that are mourning. I don't have all the answers to every single question. I don't know why some people get healed and some people don't. I don't have those answers. But one thing I will not do is stop preaching the Word of God because someone didn't get healed. And what I need for you to do is not focus on those that didn't get healed, but focus on those who did get healed. Because as soon as we start focusing on those who didn't get healed, and there's some great people that love God that didn't get healed, and they tried to do it all right, and they still didn't get healed. And I don't have all the answers for that. And I'll be, I'll be the first to put up my hand and say, I don't have all the answers for that. But I have witnessed lots and lots of people get healed. But i got to make a choice. And the choice that I make is this. Do I focus on those who didn't get healed or do I focus on those who did get healed? Because if I focus on those who didn't get healed, I'd stop preaching healing. 
And you know what? When we took over this church 15 years ago, this church was in a state where we'd almost stopped believing in healing because one of the prominent members of our church had died of cancer. And it was a horrible time. It was a tragic time. And those of you that have been around for 15 years were, were here and you know the pain and the grief that that caused. But you know what? We weren't going to take hold of that defeat and say, well, 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 we're never going to have victory ever again. Because the beautiful thing is this, that we just grabbed hold of God's word and say this, that we are not going to let a defeat continue to defeat us. We're not going to let a disappointment continue to disappoint us. We're not going to stop preaching God's word because for one situation that we don't fully know all the ramifications, we, that we don't understand, that we got so disappointed that we stopped preaching that. And friends, can I say to you that though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though he take my life, yet will I trust him. That is where my confidence is. That is where my faith is and that is where all of our faith ought to be that God is the God of miracles he's the same yesterday today and forever and if there's a disappointment it's not going to hold me down I'm going to get over it I'm going to shake it off and I'm going to keep focusing on the fact that God is a God who heals I need to wrap this up, and I'm coming in for a landing. The plane has got the wheels down. It's coming in for a landing. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. Can I finish off with the scripture? And Amelia, if you can start coming up for me, please. It says, they overcame him. That's the devil. They overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. That word testimony is a powerful word in the Greek. It's the word maturia. And this is what it means. It means the declaration of someone who has witnessed something. The declaration by a witness who speaks with the authority of one who knows. That overcame him by the word of their testimony. There's a testimony. There's a testimony. There's a testimony. And I really believe that next week we're going to have some amazing testimonies from our church. I believe you're going to have a testimony. I believe that you're, you are going to be the one who declares something because you've witnessed something. You're going to be the one who has a declaration because you're the one who speaks with authority because you know and you felt it, you've seen it, you've experienced it. And this morning, what I want to do is just give you a few testimonies that I've just taken from the John Malore website of people that have experienced healing. Brian, let's have a look at his photo. Can we put that up? 44 years of neck pain. Brian suffered constant pain in the neck. Some of you have been a pain in the neck, but never mind. Sorry about that. Talk about wrecking an atmosphere. Just. <laughs> Brian suffered constant pain in his neck for 44 years after being injured in a car accident. He had bone on bone in his neck, and there was nothing doctors can do for him. During prayer, he felt heat flow through him, and all pain left, and normal movement was restored. 
Next one. 27-year-old Jammin from Kansas, USA, lost peripheral vision in his right eye after a soccer ball detached his retina one year ago. Doctors said he was unlikely to recover his sight, yet, yet after one prayer in June 2009, normal vision was totally restored to him. These are people that are on a public website that if it was wrong, John Mellon could be sued. But it's right, and they allow their testimony on the website. Here we go. 30-year-old David suffered from Crohn's disease since he was eight. He has undergone 30 surgeries in 22 years and lived with pain in his stomach every day and also with emotional torment. However, all pain left after prayer and the scar on his stomach from a recent operation healed supernaturally fast and almost completely disappeared in the following weeks. This is a photo of David's moments. After he was healed, he cried with relief and joy. Susan from Canvas, from Kansas, USA, was healed of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in 2002. This is a photo of Susan in June 2009, still completely healed on her throat. Uh, still completely healed. Susan had only two weeks to live due to a fist-sized tumor on her throat. Her church flew her and two others with life-threatened conditions from Canvas. Isn't that great that the church would fly her to a healing meeting? just with incredible faith to see you heal. They flew it to Denver where John Mellor was ministering. John repeatedly prayed for Susan and the tumor visibly shrank within the meeting. A few days later, the tumor was the size of a pea. It then disappeared completely. Susan's doctors were confounded. The other two people who were also flown to Denver with Susan were also healed. Praise Jesus. I love that. Here's one from a 17-year-old boy. Jordan suffered severe injuries from skateboarding and bike riding accidents which occurred nine years ago. In one of several accidents, he had not been wearing a helmet and fractured his skull and was flown to hospital in Brisbane. He also tore his shoulder muscles, damaged his wrist, which became arthritic and suffered from a football injury to his knee. This poor kid is a disaster. My goodness. As a consequence, he had headaches, pain, restrictions through his body for nine years. Who's surprised about that? And this affected his schooling as he could not sit or concentrate. He has also been unable to work. However, all pain and restriction left his body after prayer. Just one more. Can we do one more? No walking stick needed now. 73-year-old Joy Williams was seen struggling to walk even with the help of a walking stick which she used for 10 years. She had suffered from a balance problem which left her unsteady on her feet. After prayer, she was instantly healed and could even run. So she threw a stick away. She also suffered from heartburn and was totally healed of both conditions and went running around the church without a stick, which she threw in the bin when she got home. Joy's twin sister, Margaret, was also healed of gastric reflux. And it goes on and on and on and on. And you should read some of the testimonies on John Mellor's website just to build your faith to believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when you make his word your word, something powerful begins to happen. When you make God's word your word. You know what God's word says? Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. How many of you made God's word your word? How many of you 
on that scripture said, I believe that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And by that simple act of making God's word your word, you were saved. And today, by that simple act of calling upon the name of the Lord. See, Jesus died for your sins. Jesus died so that your sins may be forgiven, that you might have abundant life now and eternal life forever. And if you believe that Jesus died upon the cross so that your sins could be forgiven, so that you can have abundant life now and eternal life forever, all you've got to do is just call upon his name and say, Jesus, I need my sins to be forgiven. I want abundant life now and I want eternal life forever. And as soon as you begin to call upon his name, the Bible says you will be saved by simply making God's word your word. Today, if you want to have your sins forgiven, abundant life now and eternal life forever, then I'm going to ask you to pray a very simple prayer and you can be saved today. Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes? And I want us all just to pray this prayer together. Can we just pray it all together? Let's all pray it out aloud. I want us to say this. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe that 2,000 years ago, you died upon the cross, not because you were a sinner, but you did it out of love for me. You died upon the cross to forgive the sins of the world that we might have abundant life and eternal life forever. And today, I ask you to come into my life Please forgive all of my sins. Give me abundant life now and eternal life forever. I ask these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 